Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the top 10 actors born in the 1920s in today's episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. So it's kind of been a while. Um, looks like the last episode I did was April 17th. That is two and a half weeks ago. Um, I, I, first of all, I think I overestimated the level of availability I would have uh, while Survivor's going on. Uh, I think I also overestimated the level of content uh, that would be possible without new movies coming out in theaters. Uh, but uh, having taken two and a half weeks, uh, not intentionally off, uh, means that there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a backlog uh, to to kind of get through. So today's episode: top ten 1920s born actors. Um, as was supposed to be for April, uh, but we're in May now. Uh, hopefully, Friday's episode will be the review of the scavenger hunt I did at the beginning of April, which seems so far so far away now. And then we still ha- then we can get into top ten April movies, top ten actors born in the 1930s, and uh, see if there's a couple of new streaming titles uh, to review or do statistics on. Um, so that's kind of it. Uh, where things are at, uh, I, I I think I'll be able to to resume two episodes a week. I, I feel I feel bad that I haven't been able to uh, because one I said I would, and uh, especially if you're a patron, uh, what is what is the point if there's no new content? Uh, so new content there must be. Um, yeah, that's kind of where kind of where things are at uh, at the moment and so uh, let's let's get into it I'm looking at last year's top 10 and uh, there's quite a few names that are still around uh, not as many as I might have expected uh, but I think five or six of the names have survived since 2018 which is the last time I did this list and we will see uh, what the new ones are, because there are quite a few new names as well, uh, including our number 10. So, number 10, top 10 actor born in the 1920s. Uh, was born in Nebraska, April 3rd, 1924, passing away July 1st, 2004, at the age of 80. I've seen 20 films that he's been in as of the mo- this moment. He has an average film rating of 62.65, six Oscar nominations that I've seen, and two wins with a value of eight for a total score of 64.95 to be ranked 140th overall, is Marlon Brando. The Godfather, On the Waterfront, Apocalypse Now, A Streetcar Named Desire, Last Tango in Paris. Uh, you know, he he's there's a reason. Um Winning Oscars for The Godfather and On the Waterfront. He was nominated for Streetcar. Uh, He was nominated for Julius Caesar. Uh, He was nominated for Sayonara, Last Tango. So, 
I think that's all of his nominations, question mark. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's it's really fascinating to see the contrast between young Marlon Brando and old Marlon Brando. You know, you watch The Godfather back-to-back with, say, Streetcar, uh, or On the Waterfront even, and, I mean, it's the same guy, but he looks so different. Uh, his mannerisms are comp- are very different. His sensibilities, his acting, uh, his style, his physicality, so much of it changed. And he kind of, I don't know, I, I hesitate to put him in this category, but I, I think there's definitely a, an argument to be made that he fits into that Al Pacino, uh, Robert De Niro type of actor where a lot of great roles when they were young, uh, and which continued even as they got older, but eventually they hit a point where I don't know. I just feel like they took on a lot of roles that they probably shouldn't have, or maybe they were doing it just for money or contract obligations or whatever. Um, I, I think there's a lot of those. I think Marlon Brando is an older actor who kind of hit a lot of those as well, um, like Don Juan DeMarco uh, or. I, I um, some of the other ones I've seen uh, lately. I, I would even go, you know, the score is a movie I watched recently, which I thought was fine, but I don't know, like there was nothing for Brando in that movie, and so I'm not entirely sure why he ended up doing it. That was one of his later movies. Um, why he was in, you know, and it wasn't even like he was super old in Superman, but. It just, I don't know, it is kind of a, not where I would expect to see him, I guess is what I mean. Uh, So, it's tough, you know, I've watched a couple of his movies lately, and like I said, the score I thought was fine. I think Julius Caesar was also mostly fine. Uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau is is terrible, I saw that a while ago. Uh, One-Eyed Jax. I think is also fairly pretty good, and, and even Brando uh, directed it. Uh, it's a little messy. I, I don't think... I think its direction <laughs> left a little to be desired, but uh, he's great in it, and I thought the writing was pretty solid uh, in, on top of that. So I, you know, he was not on the list two years ago, uh, mostly because I just hadn't seen enough movies that he'd been in, and uh, now that is not quite the case anymore uh, 20 films uh, is the second most movies I've seen from anyone on this top 10 list this time and um, yeah I, I, I think it's weird I, I think Marlon Brando for me is someone who I really enjoy when he gets a big you know exciting part and yet at the same time he's also someone I don't particularly go out of my way to watch more movies for with the exception of you know when he's going potentially going to be on a new top 10 list or something like that uh so there's a fair chance i don't see any movies of his until either the april or next 1920s episode uh, unless you know kind of corresponds with somebody else but uh, number 10 marlon brando number 140 overall Number nine, the only living actor on this month's top ten, on this top ten list, born in the UK, October 29th, 1925, seven films that I've seen, 
uh, an average film rating of 74.86, no Oscar nominations or wins, a value of 7, a score of 65.22 to be ranked 136th overall is Robert Hardy. Uh, Robert Hardy is perhaps mostly most well-known for his roles in the Harry Potter movies. Uh, he played uh, Cornelius Fudge, I believe, in, in, in uh, let's see, in the first four movies? Or the first, in Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, no, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner, Goblet, and Order, so two through five. Uh, he featured in those. Uh, the other movies of his I've seen include Sense and Sensibility and Frankenstein from 1994 and The Spy Who Came In From the Cold. Uh, which, I don't know, I think Frankenstein is kind of bad. I think Spy Who Came From The Spy Who Came In From the Cold is solid. And uh, Sense and Sensibility is probably my favorite movie that he's been in, although I, I think his role is fairly small in it. Uh, yeah, it, you know, he doesn't get an, onto this list for anything special that he did, except for be in a lot of Harry Potter movies and some of the better ones at that. Uh, Sense, and, Sense and Sensibility as well on top of it. Uh, seven movies is small. That's the second smallest number of some of anyone on this list today. And if I'm looking at the rest of the movies he's been in, most of them I haven't heard of, and the rest, all of them, look like things that are going to drop him off this list completely. Uh, he was not on the list two years ago, and I think he seems to have kind of eased his way into this one uh, more by attrition than uh, just watching good movies that he's been in, because I think the last movie of, of his I saw was... The Spy Who Came In From The Cold, which was, I watched it last January, so it's been a while, it's been a while. Uh, so some of those movies of his I haven't seen, uh, sorted by popularity, 10 Rillington Place, The uh, Psychomania, Thunderpants, Thunderpants's poster is something, it is... Uh, <laughs> Rupert Grint's giant face is in, on the poster. It has something to do with space. Uh, even above the title, starring Rupert Grint from Harry Potter. Um, not great. Uh, but a, but also, like looking at the cast, Kira Knightley's in this, Rupert Grint, Simon Callow, Stephen Fry, Ned Beatty, Celia Imrie, Paul Giamatti. And uh, it's... I don't know. It, 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 I've seen this poster a lot. And it is a movie I'm always fascinated by and, and excited to watch. And then I just never do. So this will probably make... Uh, this is a good reason. Good reason to check it out. Talking about Robert Hardy. Thunderpants. Thunderpants. Uh, other movies. Uh, Berserk and Demons of the Mind. To name a couple. He has 60 credits on Letterboxd. So I've only seen about 10% of his movies. But, man. They all look quite bad I'm sure that's not true I'm sure there's a couple, a bunch in here that aren't going to be bad but it's a lot of like BBC specials and stuff so it's tough to say exactly how many of these would, would qualify as movies anyway number 9, Robert Hardy uh, number 136 overall number 8 the first person who was on the list two years ago so 
moving up two places from 10th to 8th. Born in Japan, June 22nd, 1923, with six film credits to his name, an average film rating of 78.33. No Oscars, a value of 7, a score of 65.75 to be ranked 125th overall is Isao Kimura. Isao Kimura, uh, you know, uh, worked with Kurosawa. He's, um, you know, Stray Dog, Throne of Blood, High and Low, Ikiru, Seven Samurai. Seen those a while ago. Uh, the one new film, newer film of his that I've seen is called Our Marriage. And uh, it's fairly short. It's on the Criterion channel. You can stream it. It's directed by Masahiro Shinoda. And uh, Isao Kimura is not the main character, but he is one of the main characters. It's the only Shinoda film I've seen. And uh, I thought it was slightly below average, I guess. Uh, so it, it ultimately negatively impacted his rating. Um, you know, two years ago when I made the list, Isao had, uh, Kimura had five films. Now he's up to six. So the only film of his I've seen is Our Marriage in that time. It dropped his average film rating by about 10 points, 8 points. Uh, it dropped his value by a point, his overall score by 4 points, and yet he went up. Not just on this list, he went up overall from 133rd to 125. So I've touched on this in the past, but it is absolutely a fact that the threshold to be ranked higher, the threshold to make these lists, is getting lower and lower and lower. Uh, and it's just who can survive, in essence. Uh, so some of the films of Isao Kimura that I haven't seen, according to popular uh, sorting, Pastoral, To Die in the Country, Lone Wolf and Cub, White Heaven and Hell, Black Lizard, The Affair, Assassination, and Confessions Among Actresses, to name a few. Uh, he does. He also has about 60 films on his uh, Letterboxd list, so I've seen 10% of those. Uh, lots left. Lots left. And, you know, I've been, especially going through these 1910s, 1920s actors, uh, really trying to get through some more and more uh, Japanese-made films, uh, which you'll realize as I get to the top of this list. So number eight, Isao Kimura, number 125 overall. I'm going to take a big jump here uh, to talk about our number seven, who is dropping six spots from last from the last time I did this list. So our previous number one has fallen from grace to number seven. Born in Ohio, January 26, 1925. Uh, 25 films to his name, so the most films of anyone on the list. An average film rating of 63.4. Eight Oscar nominations that I've seen. One win. A value of 10. A score of 68.7 to be ranked 63rd overall. Big gap between uh, number 7 and number 8. And this is Paul Newman. I'd seen him in 17 films two years ago uh, when he was first, over, first overall. First for actors born in the 1920s he was 35th overall then he's dropped to seventh on this list and 63 overall uh, now that i've seen eight more films from him and um let's see i'm trying to see what the movies would be uh probably the verdict 
I believe. Possibly cat on a hot tin roof. Uh, maybe torn curtain. Maybe tab hunter. Confidential. Twilight. For sure. The uh, I think I'd seen the drowning pool already. Fat man and little boy. I uh, I saw recently. Was fine. Uh, Roving Mars documentary that he does the voice for. A Year Toward Tomorrow, The Distant Drummer, Flowers of Darkness. A lot of like kind of ticky-tack films. Uh, about about 50-50 split there. And, so, you know, there's a lot of bigger movies that he's been in that I, I have yet to see. Uh, which include The Celluloid Closet, Silent Movie, Mel Brooks's Silent Movie, Ombre, Message in a Bottle, Harper, Absence of Malice, The Long Hot Summer. Uh, I like Paul Newman a lot. I, I think he... I loved him in The Verdict. I thought he was so good in that. I love him in you know Butch Cassidy and Cool Hand Luke and The Sting, Color of Money, Cat and Hot Tin Roof. Uh, I think... He kind of strikes me as a, a bit of a, I don't know, a, a bit of a Brad Pitt from, you know, 40 years earlier, essentially. I don't think, I think he's a good actor. I think Brad Pitt's a good actor, but I don't think he ever consistently was great. I think, you know, he, he just was really good all the time. And every once in a while he, he hit great and that's where you see you know his his oscar win come from um you know he was nominated for the hustler uh, but he won for the color of money and and i think he's really good in that but it does kind of strike me as more of a legacy type thing than uh, an individual achievement so you know i think i like paul newman a lot i like him a lot and he's done a lot of things uh, uh you know you look at his biography or anything he was an actor he directed he was an entrepreneur he was a professional race driver humanitarian owned racing teams uh loved auto racing and you know he's got the popcorn he's got a lot of stuff going on had a, sorry had a lot of stuff going on and you know he uh left behind a lot of movies 90 some movies 90 or so movies on his letterbox list i've seen about a quarter of that a little over a quarter of that or yeah a little over a quarter of that so i've got many movies to go for mr paul newman and a lot of them that i'm familiar with so that is always exciting number seven dropping six spots and uh, number 63 overall Number five, number six, number six, we're on number six. Moving no spots from two years ago. Uh, born in Illinois, July 26th, 1922. 17 films to his name. Average film rating of 66.41. Three Oscar nominations, two wins, a value of nine and a half, a score of 68.92 to be ranked 60th overall is Jason Robards. Two years ago, I'd seen him in 14 films. Now I'm up to 17. So not a lot of Jason Robards exposure in the last couple of years. Uh, Melvin and Howard is one I've seen fairly recently. And 
think there's another one. Let me see. Dream a little dream. I know I've talked about a thousand clowns already. A little bit. Dream a little dream was in March. Dream a little dream was in March. So, could have been that one. Melvin and Howard as, uh, as well, I know I've seen quite recently. Uh, Jason Robards is fun. Period. Uh, you know, he, he didn't move much. His average room rating dropped uh, about four points. His value dropped half a point. Uh, his score dropped about two and a half points from where it was two years ago when he was 100th overall. He's moved up to 60th overall uh, despite losing points here and there. And, uh, you know, I... I don't have any particularly strong feelings about Jason Robards. I'm sure, I, like I talked about a thousand clowns. I thought it was really good in that. Uh, I like him in you know all the presidents' men and Philadelphia and and so on and so forth. Uh, I liked him in. I think there was one other movie that kind of stood out. Uh, but you know, I, maybe I even most remember him from something like Little Big League, where he has five minutes, maybe. You know, Magnolia, Once Upon a Time in the West, uh, Parenthood, Enemy of the State, Something something Wicked This Way Comes, Quick Change. I don't know. I don't have a huge impression of Jason Robards. And, uh, you know, and yet here he is with two Academy Awards, uh, one for Julia and the other for All the President's Men. So I guess I would probably point to all the president's men. I don't remember a ton about Julia. I saw it quite a while ago. It was back in like 2014. So it's it's been some time. Uh, and and I think that movie is far more like Jane Fonda, Vanessa Redgrave than it is Jason Robards anyway. He's got over 100 films on Letterboxd. I've seen about 15% of them. Some of the ones I haven't seen. Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Burden of Dreams, My Best Friend, a film by Werner Herzog, The Ballad of Cable Cable Hogue, The Paper, The Day After, The Civil War, a film by Ken Burns, Beloved, uh, and The Adventures of Huck Finn, which I may have seen pieces of that as a kid. Yeah, it is Disney, Elijah Wood. Um, I'm sure I saw pieces of that, but not enough to log it. Uh, so Jason Robards, he's he's uh, hanging around, hanging around, sticking to sixth place. Two years later, sixtieth overall. Number five, top five now. Uh, somebody who was not on the list previously. Born in New York, May eighth, nineteen twenty six, passing away April sixth, twenty seventeen, at the age of ninety. 14 film credits to his name, an average film rating of 68.5, no Oscar nominations, a value of 9, a score of 68.94 to be ranked 59th overall. One spot above Jason Robards is Don Rickles. Don Rickles uh, mainly makes it onto this list for his voice work. He was in Toy Story, and Toy Story 2, and 3, and 4. He did uh, a handful of Toy Story short films, Quest for Camelot, uh, and then there are the other a couple other movies, 
uh, including Casino and Dirty Work. And that's mostly it. Uh, the other one I've seen is Run Silent Run Deep. And that's the extent of my Don Rickles filmography. Don Rickles filmography. Uh, he, I don't know, like Toy Story is the big one, right? Like those four movies I are as, high, as highly rated as they are, put him this high. He is Mr. Potato Head. And he's great in it. Like Mr. Potato Head, especially in like the first movie, is a pretty significant character. And... You know, I, as much as I think people point out Tim Allen and uh, Tom Hanks as um, Buzz and Woody, Mr. Potato—I I don't know that I would, there's really no third character that joins the, that duo, but uh, Mr. Potato Head is one of the more iconic characters from that series across the entirety of it. Uh, it does—it's kind of a shame, you know—he passed away before Toy Story Four came out. And a lot of the dialogue they used, or maybe all of it, for that movie for Mr. Potato Head was kind of canned from previous films or, or maybe even uh, stuff that they'd recorded and had not used or got scrapped, uh, which is a shame. Uh, I think, you know, who knows how that movie could have been altered slightly if Mr. Potato Head had had a little more uh, variety or, or writing behind his character to be... Uh, but... Um, you know, it, it didn't feel that out of sorts with the rest of the film, and, and it was nice that it was still Rickles' voice, it wasn't somebody else pretending to be him, uh, which, you know, could have also possibly been a bad thing. Uh, so some of the other films that he's in that I haven't seen include Kelly's Heroes, X, The Man with the X-Ray Eyes, Innocent Blood, The Aristocrats from 2005, um, Beach Blanket Bingo, Dennis the Menace Strikes Again, I think uh, Rickles plays the old guy in that, Bikini Beach, Muscle Beach Party, B Pajama Party, uh, looking down the list here, there's a lot of like stand-up specials from other people or roasts in fa uh, that he's in. So, you know, it's not a lot of movies, maybe half a dozen to a dozen actual movies that he's still in that I haven't seen, but other than that, um, Toy, this Toy Story franchise is probably going to keep him up into this list at least one more time, uh, if not further. So, number five, born in the 1920s, number 59 overall, Don Rickles. Number four. Born in Japan, May 24th, 1929, passing away July 31st, 2015, at the age of 86. Nine films that I've seen, an average film rating of 74.56, no Oscars, a value of nine, a score of 70 flat. To be ranked 51st overall is Takeshi Kato, who was not on the list two years ago. Debut on the list in fourth place. Another Kurosawa collaborator. Seven Samurai, Ran, Yojimbo, High and Low, The Hidden Fortress, Throne of Blood, Bad Sleep Well. A couple of new films that I've seen of him, uh, of with Takashi Keto in him, include Battles, with, Battles Without Honor and Humanity. I actually watched this twice, 
because it is such a fast-paced movie uh, that's also in a foreign language. Very t- tricky to keep up with all the characters, all the names, all the events, every all the action that's taking place. Uh, characters will be introduced and then be killed minutes later. Uh, it's It's a lot. And even after a second watch, I wasn't particularly thrilled by it. Uh, I know it's part of a series, so I think there's a lot of information I'm still not, I'm still missing. Um, so it'll it remains to be seen uh, where my thoughts go when I get to the second, third, or fourth movie. Uh, and the other movie is Sword of the Beast. Um, Sword of the Beast and Takashi Kato is, you know, like 10th build on this film, maybe even further, lo- maybe even lower, 15th, uh, is a short film. It's also not not a short film, a shorter movie that is on the Criterion channel, if you want, if you have that. And I liked it enough. Uh, I didn't love it. I think there are most of the, you know, all the Kurosawa films I've seen Kato in are are superior personally but it does have a lot of it a lot of supporters a lot of people that really enjoyed it uh and it follows uh you know a legendary swordsman and ta- tries to tackle the the idea of you know loyalty and honor and uh, what happens when that's challenged what happens when uh, you know you have to kind of regroup and and reevaluate where your ties are and, and who you're uh, working with and I think it does that competently um, absolutely you know it, it hits that it has a lot of a lot to offer um, and and the action sequences uh, in, in Sword of the Beast are pretty stellar perhaps the the standout element for me uh, but that's Mm, those are the new movies uh, that I've seen for Takeshi Kato. He uh, jumps up onto the list. Uh, I, I think a lot in part because of, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, attrition. And uh, I think also in the time since the last, uh, the last time I did this top 10 list, I've seen The Bad Sleep Well, uh, which helps. You know, The Bad Sleep Well is another good movie, Kurosawa. And, uh, yeah, there's no bad movies on on Kato's filmography that I've seen yet. Some of the ones I haven't seen include Pigs and Battleships, uh, A Sun Tribe Myth from the Bakumatsu era, Fighting Elegy, Mifune, The Last Samurai, uh, Parts 3 and 4 of Battles Without Honor and Humanity. Looks like he's not in Part 2. The Tweet... Uh, Zatoichi's Revenge, and The Thick-Walled Room, among others. So a lot of movies still. He's got 90 credits on Letterboxd. I've seen about 10% of his movies, and uh, we'll see. Debuting at number four on, the, of the, on Actors in the 1920s, number 51 overall, Takeshi Kato. Kato, Kato. Number three is... Another person who was not on this list two years ago, the only woman to make this month's or this top ten list, born in Japan, February eighth, nineteen twenty six, passing away August tenth, twenty eighteen, at the age of ninety two. 
10 film credits to her name, an average film rating of 75.8, no Oscars, a value of 11, a score of 74.17 to be ranked 25th overall, so twice as high on the list as uh, Kato overall, is Kin Sugai. Kin Sugai um, has also been in a handful of Kurosawa films, Red Beard, Bad Sleep Well, High and Low Ikiru, also was in The Human Condition Part 3. Uh, I believe I've mentioned The Inheritance in the past uh, on a previous episode. Uh, she was in the original Godzilla film. She was in Kwaidan. The new movies, or newer movies that I've seen that she's in are uh, Black River, which is fine. Uh, but When a Woman Ascends the Stairs uh, is great. Uh, she is not highly billed like again another person who's down like the 10 to 15 range but when a woman ascends the stairs uh, is uh follows a woman who is not kintsugai is uh hideko takamini mine that plays and it's a it's a really depressing movie because it primarily focuses on how this woman is unable to ascend the stairs. As the title uh, implies, she tries to, and, and the movie kind of plays out what happens when she does, and the vicious cycle of men predominantly putting her down. Uh, it is a pretty uh, pretty scathing indictment, uh, but it's not really an indictment. It's more of a... I know, pretty resounding reality checkup, more so. Uh, But it is a pretty fantastic film. Uh, It is also on the Criterion channel, and I urge anyone to check it out. Some of the films um, that Kintsugai's in that I haven't seen, uh, Dodeska Den, Pigs and Battleships, A Sun Tribe Myth from the Bakumatsu era, This Transient Life, The Funeral, Yakuza Graveyard and Fire Festival from 1985, among others. She has 70 credits on Letterboxd. I've seen about 15% of her movies. Uh, so a lot more to go. I've heard a lot about Tedesca Den. Um, it is another Kurosawa film, one of the one that I haven't seen. And I'm looking forward to it. So it's tough. These early lists and, and all the Japanese actors that are on them, it is going to be tough to get get them to move them off I think that is that is where we're at so Kinzugai number three born in the 1920s number 25 overall number two who was also not on this list two years ago this one kind of surprises me uh born in Massachusetts February 8th 1925 so same birthday as Kinzugai just a year earlier Passing away June 27th, 2001, at the age of 76. 15 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 71. Four Oscar nominations, one win. A value of 12. A score of 74.65 to be ranked 23rd overall. Is Jack Lemon. Known for Some Like It Hot, The Apartment, Glengarry, Glenn Ross, JFK, The Player, Shortcuts, The Odd Couple, uh, Grumpy Old Men. Irma LaDuce, Legend of Backer Vance, Avanti, The Front Page, Save the Tiger, 
among others. Uh, I, I mean, the, the reason he's moved up this high is because, not exactly because of, um, because of his own performances, which I think are really, really good, uh, but also just the fact that he's worked so much with Billy Wilder. Uh, I've seen a couple of Billy Wilder movies recently uh, from uh, that starred Jack Lemmon, uh, which would include Irma LaDuce and Avanti and The Front Page, all of which star Jack Lemmon and all of which are are good to great. I love Irma. I thought Irma LaDuce was great. I loved Avanti and I think The Front Page is pretty good and, and succeeds through Lemmon and Wilder's collaboration. Um, you know, he's... I know it's interesting. He he's not the kind of I don't know. He, he's kind of just this everyday looking guy. I watched a documentary on him uh, called uh, Jack Lemon America's Everyman, and it's kind of true. You know, he doesn't have. You know, he wasn't going to win like America's Sexiest Man. He wasn't gonna. Uh, he he wasn't going to. I know he can't. He's not really an action hero. Uh, he's very comedic, uh, but he can hit the drama notes too. And uh, you know, he just he found his niche. And I think once he connected with Billy Wilder, it made you know he they the two of them made great great movies together. And uh, you know, Billy Wilder is is a fantastic writer director. And uh, Jack Lemon, and you know, to a lesser degree, Walter Matthau working together uh, can kind of bring all of that dialogue to to the forefront and and make it really and really make it you know land uh, the jokes, the drama, the timing. He had his timing is is impeccable, and he really knew how to sell. I know these these there's there's. You know, if I point to Irma LaDuce, the, the plot of that movie is bizarre. It is convoluted. Uh, it, it would take you, you know, 20 minutes to explain 10 minutes of the movie. It's it's so twisting and turning. And yet, when you watch it, because of Jack Lemmon, uh, it you're it's just it just comes so through so naturally. Uh, so I have really grown to to appreciate his performances and and his abilities as an actor a lot more in the last couple of months thanks to some of these movies i've seen some of the ones i haven't seen yet that he's in 1996's version of hamlet the china syndrome days of wine and roses bell book and candle the fortune cookie the great race mr roberts which he won an oscar for uh, supporting oscar for grumpier old men and the out of towners among others a lot of movies he's got 88 i've seen you know about 18 percent of his movies long way to go but he debuts at number two and uh he's gonna be on this list for a while the question is going to be if he can topple our new number one which i think he's gonna have a lot of difficulty so number two born in the 1920s number 23 overall jack lemon which brings us to our number one who was on the list two years ago moving up two spots from number three 
so before I get into this person, uh, a couple of the names that did not make the list. Uh, so Takashi Kato was on the list two years ago. He moved up from ninth to fourth. Audrey Hepburn dropped off of the list. Uh, she is now effectively 30th of actors born in the 1920s. Uh, Stan Lee has fallen off the list uh, way down uh, to, let's see if I can get a number here, to 47th. Uh, Jason Robards, we talked about uh, Sachio Sakai. I'm not even sure where they are, to be honest. Uh, looks like they might have really got hit hard by something or other. I wonder if she was in a lot of Godzilla movies that I watched recently. That could explain it, but I do not see her name anywhere. Sachio Sakai. Oh, it's because I was looking for a girl, uh, a woman, and it is a man. Uh, he has fallen to 26th. Uh, number four was John Fielder, or Field, Fiedler. Do I have it spelled wrong? And now he sits at 20th. So he's still with well within range. And number two was Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, but Harry Dean Stanton has dropped all the way down to 53rd. So a lot of lot of falling from some of these top 10 actors. Uh, we talked about Paul Newman, who was number one, but our new number one, born in Japan. April 1st, 1920, passing away December 24th, 1997. 16 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 71.69. No Oscar nominations, which is such a shame. A value of 13, a score of 76.72. To be ranked 14th overall is Toshiro Mifune. Two years ago, I'd seen him in nine films, so I've seen him in seven films in the time since then. Uh, his average film rating has dropped considerably. His value has actually gone up from 10 to 13. His score was a 73.36. That has gone up to 76.72. And he was 78th overall. Sorry. He was 66th overall. He is now 14th overall. Big moves for Toshiro Mifune. Uh, naturally, he, can, he uh, worked with Kurosawa. Some of the big movies of his I've seen are Kurosawa films. But other than that, in the recent couple of months, I've seen *The Idiot*, *I Live in Fear*, *Scandal*, *The Princess from the Moon*, *Princess from the Moon*, *Samurai Saga*, uh, and uh, at least one other film. He is so good in *Samurai Saga*. Uh, it, it's a, maybe one of my favorite performances of his, um, at least outside of uh, Kurosawa movies. Uh, Hiroshi Inagaki. Uh, was able to, you know, he adapted the play of uh, Cyrano de Bergerac, and Mifune is just so good as uh, the title, the main character in that. Uh, and, I mean, he's just, <laughs> I love him in all of these movies, to be clear. Throne of Blood and Hidden Fortress, Sandro, Yojimbo, Rashomon, Seven Samurai, High and Low, Red Low, Red, Red Beard, Stray Dog, Badly Well. He, he's really, really good in all of them. He's, I would say... Uh, he's a little, I mean, I guess this is kind of true of a lot of the Japanese actors that I've seen, 
but they can be a little over the top, a little exaggerated in their performances. And I think next to a, you know maybe an, an entirely American cast, that would seem a little out of place. But in the movies that they're they're in, they, it doesn't seem that out of place. But you notice it. You notice it if you're not only watching Japanese movies. And uh, I think when Mifune, he, he uses that really well. He uses that in his physicality and his presence when he's, you know, sword, his sword play especially. Uh, he makes a great use out of this sort of exaggerated, this drama, these, these big moments. And uh, one of the reasons I like Samurai Saga and his performance in it so much is that he has a few more subdued moments in that. He plays a little more of a dramatic character and not, you know, this swashbuckling so-and-so. And, um, yeah, I like it quite a bit. And I like him quite a lot. Some of his movies I haven't seen. And, you know, there's like over 100. Uh, the Life of Oharu, Drunken Angel, The Sword of Doom, Samurai Rebellion, Samurai 1, 2, and 3, uh, which those I'm looking forward to quite a bit. The Lower Depths, Red Sun, Grand Prix, Hell in the Pacific, Winter Kills, many, many others. Um, Toshiro Mifune, I, what else can you say? Toshiro Mifune, he's number one, born in the 1920s now, and he is number 14 overall. And uh, I'm totally, totally okay with that. Toshiro Mifune, that's it. So I will run down the top 10 one more time, starting with number 10, Marlon Brando, Robert Hardy, Isao Kimura, Paul Newman, Jason Robards, Don Rickles, Takeshi Mikato, Kinsukai, Jack Lemon, and Toshiro Mifune. Uh, a lot of new names making the list, a couple of old holdovers, and uh, a little bit of a change up at the top. That's going to be it for today's episode. Uh, like I talked about, try the, the goal is to get out the Scavenger Hunt review on Friday and uh, then pick up with top 10 movies from that I saw, new movies I saw in April, and uh, a top 10 30s actor list uh, later on this month. And I'll be keeping my eyes peeled on new streaming films. There may or may not have been some out already. I will investigate. Thank you for listening. It does mean a lot. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher Plays, where podcasts can be found. You can find all the episodes on the website, circleoffilm.com. You can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film, on Letterboxd at Circle of Film, or email circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can support the show by liking it, rating it, reviewing it, subscribing to it, or, or uh, tell somebody about it. But the main thing you can do is listen. Just listen. If you're so inclined, you can... Uh, support the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash circle film where for as little as one dollar a month you can get early access to all the episodes that are released early which should be more nowadays uh, but we'll see about that and of course before we go i will say thank you to brian uh, for being such a generous generous patron does mean a lot thank you and uh, thank you for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. Nothing's really left, or 
you're lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever, only out of place So long, farewell, au revoir, I'll be the same Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute.